Hello there, boxing fans around the world. Thank you for joining me once again here on Talk and Fight for another episode of Boxing News Today. Um, today, we're going to start off this episode this week uh, with uh, some different kind of news, if you will. It is about boxing, but it is about influencer boxing. A big event taking place this week down in Tampa is the Creator Clash 2. Uh, and this is going to be something that I think a lot of boxing fans will enjoy just from the perspective of the numbers involved. Not only are uh, the fighters who are taking place at this particular event what we would call influencers, but they influence a tremendous amount of people. And those people who follow these people, subscribe to these people, enjoy these people's content are going to enjoy them in the boxing ring. And these young people have been uh, training hard with professional trainers over the past year since the last Creator Clash uh, event took place last May. And in that event, uh, two young ladies went toe-to-toe, um, Haley Sharp and Justin Minx. Justin Minx came on top, uh, came out on top, and uh, Haley Sharp uh, was a bit disappointed. She admitted after the fight, but uh, she vowed she'd be back in the ring. And here she is. Uh, this year, uh, taking on uh, Marisha Ray. Now, the creator of this particular event, his name is, uh, well, his moniker is I-Dubs, um, uh, Ian. And he says, I'm so proud of the fighters and how seriously they're taking this. It's a testament to their commitment and character, along with their commitment to a good cause. It's important that I point out to, to my boxing fans around the world that they're going to raise millions of dollars at this event and they are giving away that money these fighters are not taking money home with them they are doing it for the love of the sport and they're doing it for a great number of causes ian continues all of our fighters are students of the game learning and appreciating the sweet science of boxing as they've been training for months with professional boxing coaches and dedicating themselves fully to an intense training regimen boxing is truly like no other sport in the world and it's going to be one hell of an event in particular, let's start off this week by talking about Haley Sharp, who is the favorite going to this fight against Marisha Ray. Um, they're both from the United States, by the way. I believe uh, Marisha Ray was originally from uh, Kentucky. Don't know where she's hailing from these days or where she's training. Uh, but uh, Haley Sharp is uh, over in California and trains out of Los Angeles, 20 years old. Uh, going up against a little bit older, wiser, shall we say, 33-year-old Marisha Ray. And I got to say this. This is, uh, you know, I, I already told you what uh, Haley Ray, um, sorry, what uh, Haley Sharp said. Uh, she was a little bit uh, upset, so she's been preparing hard over the past year. But this is what Marisha Ray had to say. Just under one week out from Creative Clash, and I'm already going through waves of emotions. I'm so excited to step into that ring, but already sad at the thought of it being over. This journey into amateur boxing has been one of the hardest challenges I've ever put myself through, and I love a good challenge. I've put my body through hell and back, but the results are undeniable, as I've stacked 10 pounds of muscle while dropping 3% of body fat. There have been literal blood, sweat, and tears. My body hurts all the time. I'm in a constant state of exhaustion, and I miss my friends and my husband deeply. Many sacrifices have been made, but I'm allowing myself to be proud at the immense amount of work and dedication I put into this. No matter what happens on April 15th, 
I will always cherish and be so grateful for this experience and the lifelong friends I've made along the way. Now, as an influencer, you know, in total, let's go back to uh, what iDubbbz was saying. Uh, I forget the actual number of millions or 50 million or 100 million followers in total they have. Just for example, uh, in addition to the main event, there'll be a pre-show hosted by a fellow by the name of uh, Mark Plyer. 34.1 million YouTube subscribers. 34.1 million. And his co-host on that show will uh, Jack Septikeev. And he's got 28.9 million YouTube subscribers. These are phenomenal numbers. And they're going to bring their fans uh, together to watch the sport of boxing on this particular night uh, being held at the Amalie Arena down in uh, Tampa Bay. And uh, I would love to have gone and, and seen this fight. Uh, I promoted uh, the first one a lot. I'm also happy to, to promote this one as well. Uh, I promoted it on the uh, Friday night panel. Uh, to less than enthusiastic response among the uh, professional boxing pundits. But let me tell you, all net profits from Creative Clash 2 will go to charities personally chosen by the fighters. Participating charities include NAMI, Able Gamers, Kidney Fund, Nicholas Children's Hospital, Kids Cancer Foundation, Cure Sarcoma, Sarcoma American Heart Association, Alzheimer's Association, Critical Role Foundation, MS Society, and more. And given the numbers uh, who will be watching online around the world, I'd have to say they're going to generate an awful lot of money for those charities. Well done. Hats off. And more to come this week as I'll continue with my coverage of the fighters taking place at Creator Clash 2. Let's go around the world now and report on someone who we hadn't really truly heard of since he decided to enter the ring against Floyd Mayweather. And he entered the ring as a kickboxing champ, very well known in Japan, by the way, I believe undefeated. I believe he sported a record at that time of 42 and 0 in kickboxing. Uh, but over the weekend, uh, this kickboxing superstar, Tenshin Nazukawa, put on a show in his pro, pro boxing debut in Tokyo, dominating Yuki Yonahana over six rounds. The 24-year-old tension won on scores of 59-55, and 60-53. Boxing fans not uh, not familiar with kickboxing may know his name from the that exhibition match against Floyd May Mayweather, where he was knocked out pretty handily against the much bigger and actual professional boxer. So anyway, so now uh, Nazukawa stands at 1-0, and, and he fought at 122, by the way, for this uh, bout. And he did score a questionable knockout in round number two on a punch that really sort of hit uh, Yonaha in the back of the head, caught him off balance. But uh, the referee ruled Yonaha's glove had touched down. So anyway, congratulations to Ten Shin. Um, and let's see. And then the Japanese, uh, and quite frankly, uh, given his ca character and his charisma, he's going to be right up there with uh, the Inuis in terms of their popularity and growing popularity. Uh, in Japan, across Japan, as uh, boxing certainly is beginning to uh, take over as a popular combat sport. Um, quick little recap about um, Inui, by the way. Um, oh, yes, here it is. Yes, attention uh, compiled a kickboxing uh, record of 42 and 0. Uh, <laughs> 
and, and did do, do well, by the way, it says here in the first round uh, against Floyd Mayweather. Uh, and that was back in 2018. So since then, he's been uh, training hard uh, as a boxer and won his first fight. So good for him, good for Japanese boxing, good for the boxing sport in general around the world. Um, in particular, oh my goodness, there are, there are a ton of uh, Japanese fights to report on. But I did not put them in my overview, which you'll see down below. Um, so let's just uh, rock and roll over to Brian Mendoza. Uh, Brian Mendoza, who we talked about on Friday night uh, during our panel. Uh, Brian Mendoza broke out in a major way uh, in his fight by scoring the 2023 front runner for knockout of the year and upset of the year. Uh, down big on all three scorecards, Mendoza stunningly stopped Sebastian Fendora in the weekend with a three-punch combination in the seventh round to win the WBC interim super welterweight title. His sensational finish capped off a meteoric rise uh, for the 11-1 underdog Mendoza, who just 13 months ago was fighting in non-televised walkout bouts. Uh, but then in November, Mendoza knocked out the former unified champ, uh, Jason Rosiero, on Tate and 10-day notice out of his first fight at 160 pounds. And the resounding performance set up Mendoza for Fendora. Wow. Great fight, great knockout, great for boxing. San Antonio's hometown hero, Jesse Bam Rodriguez, kicked it up a notch. He welcomed the downtime, the downtime uh, leading. He welcomed the downtime leading? Okay, let's forget about that first sentence. Uh, the gifted 23-year-old boxer is confirm confirmed to have suffered a fractured jaw in his WBO flyweight title winning effort over Mexico's Christian Gonzalez over the weekend. Rodriguez was taken to hospital immediately after his brief post-fight interview. He even gave an interview with a broken jaw following the win over Gonzalez, who's now 15-2, and two, in a, a DAZN headliner from the Boeing Center at Techport in San Antonio, his hometown. Rodriguez said uh, the next day, went through hell for this belt. <laughs> uh, yeah, sounds like he did. A lot of people would have quit after fracturing their jaw, but I've never been one of those. Requiring, requiring, requiring surgery earlier this week. It's all good, though. I'm a two-time world, world champion. Rodriguez, he's 18 and 0, by the way, became San Antonio's first ever multi-division titleist to win uh, the crown on Saturday. And he's also the sport's youngest active two-division title claimant. The fear came a year after he became the first 2000-born fighter to win a major title when he claimed the WBC junior bantamweight title in a win over former champ Carlos Cuadras last February in Phoenix, Arizona. The title opportunity last year came on short notice for Rodriguez, though it proved to be well worth the risk. He made two successful defenses for three total fights in a seven-month span before shutting everything down for the fight for the rest of the year to, to reload and drop down to flyweight for a second title run. His latest hometown headliner on Saturday proved historic, though at a cost. Uh, he believed to have fractured his jaw midway through the otherwise lopsided win over Gonzalez. <laughs> he says, I guess my mouth was open and I just got caught. This shit hurts. I can barely talk through this shit. <laughs> I can well imagine. All right, let's move along to Shakur Stevenson, a story by Sam Boltz out of BoxingNews24.com. Shakur Stevenson feels he won't have any problems getting the top fighters in the 135-pound division to face him once he becomes a pay-per-view attraction. 
Stevenson's now 20 and 0, 10 knockouts. Says all he needs to do to make the transition to become a pay-per-view star is keep winning and selling out arenas. And that certainly goes without saying. Top rank will need to work extra hard after last Saturday to find opponents willing to fight Shakur because the promoters aren't going to want their fighters to get beaten by him. For now, Shakur may put the fear in the likes of undisputed lightweight champ Devin Haney, WBA secondary belt holder Javonta Tank Davis, and Ryan Garcia with his sixth-round TKO victory over Shiochiro Yoshino, uh, 16-1, last Saturday in their WBC lightweight title eliminator at the Prudential Center in New York, New Jersey. Haney Tank and Ryan aren't going to want to wind up in the same boat as Yoshino and be made to look silly by Shakur. Losing like that could hurt their earning potential because boxing fans would remember loss like that and likely be less likely to purchase their fights on pay-per-view. Predictably, Haney will steer clear of Shakur if he beats Vasily Lomachenko on May 20th and will make a try for Tank versus Ryan winner. The top talents at 135 for Shakur to target are at the moment Gervonta Tank Davis, Devin Haney, Ryan Garcia, George Cambosis Jr., Keyshawn Davis, Isaiah Cruz, Frank Martin, William Zapita, Vasily Lomachenko, Jamin Ortiz, and Gustavo Lemos. Said Shakur, pressure don't get to me. I used to get it used to get to me, but now I feel like I'm at home. I know I put in a lot of work. I had an eight-week camp, lots of miles. I trust my training. I knew everyone was going to be okay, so I trust I just have fun tonight. Put put me anywhere on earth, and I'm coming up victorious. I had to start watching out for this hook because he can crack. He's got some good power, so I had to be aware of his hook and not catch me with nothing uh, with uh, nothing clean. Uh, I know I'm not worried about it because once I jump that big paper superstar, they're all going to jump in line for a paycheck. They're all going to want to be under the bright lights and want to be in the big moments with me. <laughs> Just like you're with me. All right. Thank you very much uh, for joining us here on Talk and Fight for another episode of Boxing News Today. I appreciate it. Remember to like, share, subscribe, hit that notification bell. We'll see you later on at 4 p.m. when I join Cedric Penn and Mike Orr for their show, Knuckle Up. <laughs>